0: On Transformers Chronicles.
1: They have a lot of stuff on that ship. They had enough to quadruple the size of Fort Max. They were able to fully assemble a brand new gold bug. And they are able to craft pretender shells. That is a very resourceful ship that Nebulons and the Transformers have.
0: I'm telling you, getting Optimus Prime back into a body is gonna be no big thing. Super easy, barely an inconvenience.
2: I know what the first panel of the next issue is.
0: Is it Optimus Prime and a new body? <laughs> haven't even been put in it. On I the panel. know what
2: next issue's previously on Transformers is going to be. Markbox Crusade presents Transformers Chronicles.
1: Hello and welcome back to Transformers Chronicles. I'm Delvin, aka The Dark Web, and in case you're new to the show, welcome. And let me tell you what this thing is all about. We're going on a wild, crazy ride, chronicling the awesome, wacky, and yep, sometimes corny world of Marvel Comics. The Transformers, but I will never be going at it alone. Let's meet my chronicling companions first up is the founder of the Longbox Crusade, the relative novice to the Transformers world, the seeker of the matrix of knowledge. His name is Pat Sampson. Pat, how are you tonight?
3: Me, Pat, doing good. Me, Mm. Pat, like talking Transformers. Me, Pat, talker of Transformers.
1: Mm. Okay, I see. Um,
3: uh, I know cray-cray,
1: what Pat say, no cray-cray. It it sounds somewhat cray cray, and uh, I'm gonna have to add this to the Pat personality pile. Um, you know it's Pat lock. I'm Pat Lock. Oh, now it's Pat Lock. There was Pat to T before. Yep. There's no more Pat okay. Like it's getting hard to keep up. You're you're matching my nickname number almost. I'm trying to. we keep this going. lock Okay. All right. I prom I promise everybody. Uh, That we would have this one relatively uh, quickly done, you know, because like we're all sleepy and old tonight. Uh, So we will move (laughs) on. (laughs) Not not just you, John, and you, Maggie. (laughs) We, I I gave a collect. It was a royal we. It was not just a YouTube thing. Patlock no sleepy. (laughs) Except Patlock. Patlock is not sleepy. Uh, But we will now move on to the lesser half of Mary watching cartoons and any MWC-related content. Instead of our Transformers expert, he would like to now be known as the Transformers librarian because he is also a librarian in real life in addition to the Transformer knowledge that he lays every episode. His name is Jonathan Schaefer-Hames. Jon, welcome to the show. Hello,
2: Delvin. Uh, many people that know me would assume that I would be swapping out the Transformers expert for librarian be, uh, you know, in a desire to not come across as pretentious. But this is, in fact, not true. A librarian is an upgrade from an expert, because librarians know everything. So you guys are in for all kinds of nonsense from this point out. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but... Uh, this was, growing up, my favorite issue of the entire series. Ooh. Ooh. So, very exciting to see. Will I still think that? Do I not? Um, is it somewhere in the middle? Mm-hmm. All of these questions will be answered later, presumably.
1: Will be answered later, but uh, before I switch to the greater half of mm-hmm. Mary-Watching Cartoons, and I've got to come up with more MWC stuff just for the humor purposes of it. But not not this time. We're, we're kind of in a hurry. But, John, <laughs> you have to let us know something about the library or something that a librarian could impart upon us, the listening audience, that we might not know otherwise.
2: Uh, here's something uh, you might not know. You can get way more than just books at a library and not even like DVDs or you know, CDs or any of those things. I'm uh, talking on this Yeti microphone that I checked out from the library. And, you know, we also have things like, you know, you can get a Nintendo switch and like any of the new games. Uh, We got things like, you know, they've got like Frisbee golf sets, um, puzzles, all sorts of stuff. So if you haven't been to one in a while, like wander by and see what they have there.
1: That's me. I'm people. I have not been to one uh, to a public library uh, at all. It's been um, a while too yeah. in the last several years, and it's something I used to love going to as a kid. Mom used to take me to the library all the time. I read so many books. Need to get back into that for sure, yeah. John. Thank you for that tip.
3: Padlock agrees. Padlock like married with card catalog group.
1: <laughs> right? Hey, there we Woo! go. Mary with Car and Catalog,
2: I love it. That's pretty good, pal. Yeah. not half bad. I was about to, you know, comment on how we might have to vote you not leader anymore, but now I'm oh. right <laughs> yeah, good,
1: Jonathan. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now moving on to the greater half of Mary watching cartoons. Mary watching Car Catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Maggie Schaefer-Hames. And Maggie, uh, you can talk about whatever you want, but I know that we have talked recently about your dressage. So yeah. if you would like, like to fill us in on that, please, now's the time. It's
0: been going good. It's going to be a wonderful summer uh, where I get to just spend a lot of time with horses and be outside a whole bunch. I've had a great start to the summer so far, um, getting a lot of horsey time in. I even got to ride during a, a thunderstorm, the other day, which was cool. It was inside. I didn't get wet, but it was still a little scary being on the back of a 1,200-pound animal. <laughs> There's thunder. Uh, luckily, he lives outside, so he didn't care. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been great. I've been making some good progress. I've been having a really good time with it, and it's good for the mind,
1: body, and soul. Wow, that's a good ending. And, and I, while it's on my head, Pat, uh, Pat Locke, Pat Tita, one of the three, you, you're going to have to come up with something that I can ask you on a routine basis if you want me to do so. Like, I, I want you to feel the Transformers Chronicles love.
3: Oh, I do, Delvin. I do. You know, and so does Patlock. So we'll, we'll we'll come up with something
1: purpose of this podcast will be tackling all of Marvel's Transformers comics in order, starting with issue one and working our way to the series end at issue 80. We'll answer any questions that are brought up to the best of our ability and see how these books that we loved then as a kid hold up to our eyes as an adult now. This podcast is guaranteed to be, you guessed it, more than meets the eye. So Pat, John, Maggie, let's see what happens when all the ish hits all of the fan. right after this funeral break
0: the Transformers will return after these messages
3: Mm -hmm. we got it all together for a brand new show the LBC crew is here and so away we go while the LBC crew is running from a spooky ghost, Christatos is doing what he does the most. Hey, come on, get involved to the mystery is solved. Hang around with the LBC crew. Oh. <laughs> come on get involved to the mystery is solved hang around with the lbc crew that's the podcast lbc crew
2: we now return to the transformers
1: welcome back the issue we'll be covering today is transformers issue 41 and here is john with his ready-made cover description
2: i'm going to tell a quick story about it Looking at this cover again unlocked this memory completely, because my family was visiting Lake City, Minnesota, and my grandma and grandpa, and my dad, my my dad's parents, we would we were there for several days, and they had incredibly little to do uh, for anybody of our age, and didn't have cable, and so we were incredibly bored of sitting around. So they finally uh, gave us like ten bucks and like sent us downtown. And I walked into uh, a drugstore and just turned right to my right. And there's a spinner rack of comics and staring me in the face is this thing. And I just immediately grabbed it, walked up and bought it and had him put it in a bag with a receipt. What? And then went on shopping because I just wanted to make sure that there was no chance that anyone else was going to grab this thing. This has a whole bunch of uh, robots on it. Uh You know, the standards of it, you've got Fortress Max, um, the Transformers, and more than meets the eye. Both the background of Fortress Max and the Transformers logo itself is in a really, really slick orange, and then there's a red trim on it. It's very striking and very much uh, offsets the color scheme of the the stuff we see below, and what we see below is basically a whole bunch of Decepticons coming from the left, smacking into a whole bunch of Autobots coming from the right. I mean, just a few here. We got I can see Ramjet. There's Swoop. We got Ratbat over there. Uh, Laserbeak, uh, Dirge, uh, Thrust, Slipstream, uh, Jetfire, Cosmos is uh, flying above Fortress Maximus and Grimlock. And uh, there's a couple of the new pretender people we met who I've already forgot who they are. Goldbug is standing standing there. There's other Dinobots. I mean, there's a huge battle royal going down. My money is, of course, on Cosmos. <laughs> I did not mention this is taking place on the moon um, in front of and you can see the earth in the sky and an incredibly great uh, just green uh, kind of Milky Way comic book space sort of scene and that's what we got going on here
1: i uh i like this cover (laughs) a wee bit how about you guys let's we not forget uh about cosmos uh he kills and he kills kills. that's (laughs) that's what he does we can ask pat though pat what do you think about this cover well like jonathan this
3: really struck me as well too caught my eye when i opened it and, and saw the cover i was like wow there's a lot of Autobots on here. I think, and I wanted to know. I wanted to go back and you know flip it over. Is like, is this a dual page one? But unfortunately, it's not. So I was kind of got like, oh man, a little more disa- a little disappointed in it. But still, just the little artwork that's done. The nice thing is this too is there's not a lot of too bad of color fading on it where they would just color one guy full color or something. But it what they color is it makes sense to do for these Autobots and the Decepticons. So it really makes it pop. And just that starry Milky Way, as John mentioned, just that whole background is really nice. Just so much going on in here that you could sit in the stair and try to name them all, but
1: I can't. I think you could probably name at least five or ten. if if And if we had time, if we were not trying to get done quicker, Yes. I would actually but in this, case, I would really in this case, I'm going to pass it to Maggie and ask her what she thinks about the cover.
0: Well, when John showed me the cover today, my initial reaction was to say, wow, that's a very cool cover. And it is. It's a very cool cover. And in fact, I only just realized that there are two flying uh, Transformers up behind the Transformers logo. I didn't yeah. even see those two before. We're um, the little helicopter guy behind the R and the M. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of detail. It's all co- it's all colored in. Uh, th- yeah, I mean, not a single misstep. It's a great cover.
1: Yeah, they they went all out on this cover. I give Jose Delbo and Dave Hunt. Uh, I see JD and DH uh, to the bottom left um, by the barcode. They went out on this one, and it is it's cool because if there were room or if they wanted to put room, you know, they could have put something like showdown or something like that. Do do you really need to see that? No, No. I think it tells itself. Yeah. 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 You, you see a lot of, of Autobots fighting a lot of Decepticons. And I think that's more than enough said, like the action spoke louder than the words ever possibly could. So I think it's a fantastic job too, but to see how fantastic. We rate things here at Transformers Chronicles on a scale of 1 to ten, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, just like the tech specs back in the day. And we'll start with, since this is John's favorite book, and he had a story behind it, going to grandma's and getting it, he gets the first crack at rating this thing, 1 to 10. This
2: is one easy 10 for me. I I will uh, tag on what both... uh, Pat and Maggie were saying about it and really give, I'm going to make sure that I give a uh, credit to the color on the colorist on this one. Not only are they pretty spot on, there's only actually like, I think one miscolor color here, but it's, but it's the grouping of the coloration, which is great. You've got your reds up in one side, you've got more greens on the other and then there's blues and everything. So it manages to not look like a mess and and the green in the background actually manages to offset everything. So you really, it does. there's nothing going on in this that really distracts you from anything that's going on in this. I make this point right now because inside I have a lot of things to say about the colorist. So I want everyone to know that I will give credit where credit is due. But in this, my favorite issue, I have more complaints about the interiors than anything. But more on that later. This one's a tent. Awesome. Maggie, what do you
1: think?
0: It's a solid 10. Uh, like I said, there's not a single misstep. I don't, I, and I don't know enough to know what the miscoloring is. So I'm not going to hold that against it at all. That one. Okay. Sweet. Big orange car. Um, it's a great cover. I love it. And it got me excited to read the issue. So yeah, yeah. Easily a 10.
3: I'm going to, I'll say a 10, but with some hesitancy, um, with that i wanted it to be a front and back cover just just screams it should be that and so if i gotta nitpick it that's what i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. but it it deserves it you know jose delbo we've been seeing that this guy can draw and he can draw transformers very well so that's what i think is what keeps this at a 10 is his detail that was put into this
1: I think I have to agree with with the group here. Like a part of me, and and I'm I'm sim, I'm closest to Pat. Like I I could give this a nine and be okay with it, but it is a great cover. And what was attempted here was ambitious, and it was fun. It's one of those where if you know anything about the Transformers, you might want to look and say, "Man, how many Transformers can I name that, that were clearly drawn on this?" Just a single one splash page and you can I mean, and there's clear and distinct you know, man, they even threw a Constructicon in there, they threw the Insecticons, they got Blaster you got Hound, you got um, Tracks for Pete's sake on the cover like just what? Blue Street oh my god, see I, I, I keep i keep running and seeing different characters like that I haven't seen before, so it's, it is an absolute who's who of a cover and, and it's very fun, so mm-hmm. that's cool. <clears throat> Now here is Pat with the
3: credits for the issue. Well, thank you, Delvin. We'll be covering Transformers issue number forty-one. Its on-sale date was February twenty-three of nineteen eighty-eight. Its cover date was June nineteen eighty-eight. Cover price is just one dollar. Story goes to Bob Budiansky. Pencils go to Jose Delbo. Inker is Danny Buelenati. Colors Nelson Yamtov. Letters Bill. Oakley. Editor, Don Daly. And cover credits, I go to Jose Delbo. And this is all thanks to Mike's Amazing World and tfwiki.net. Back to you, Delvin. Thank
1: you, Pat. Let's get right to the synopsis. And sorry, Maggie, it has to be done in a world transformed where things are not what they seem. It is a world of the Transformer.
0: more oh, than me, see yeah. Okay. You know, the sad thing is, Delvin, is that every time we record, the way that we have it set up, I'm not on camera, which I'm perfectly comfortable with. But that means that you don't get to see the little dance that I do every, every time. time you do that. <laughs>
1: I, 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 I feel the happiness radiated. There's never been a time you're like, oh. We, we have fun, fun. here. We, we have, have a We uh, have a good time here. We have a great time. This is us laughing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we grin up, laugh. We pet laugh like ha ha ha. <laughs> Me Grimlock makes solid transformation to comic relief at three quarters of
0: the way through this where I he
2: never leaves. Th-
0: I think we should make Pat do the entire episode as Patlock.
3: <laughs> Patlock. <laughs> and then, I'm like, you know, I'm like wait, I'm not like, me Grimlock, I'm just a dinosaur. I do right. not know your lawfulness <laughs> ways. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> Matlock.
2: <I'm> frozen game. <laughs> that's Matlock. It's Grimlock meets Matlock. The lawyer, the country lawyer. Oh,
1: okay. All right, y'all, I'll get us back on the track. (laughs) The title of this issue was Totaled. What happened to Buster? What happened to Blaster? What happened to Daisy? She's the teddy bear, remember? Will we find out what happened to them in this issue? Yes. Okay, not Daisy, but I'm gonna be honest with y'all, I don't care what happened to the dang teddy bear, but yes, we get resolution. Let's start at the beginning, it was a lot. The Fort Max led Autobot contingency tried to resurrect Optimus Prime, but didn't have the resources because they have been overextended with making the Pretender Bot, resurrecting Goldberg and repairing Fortress Maximus about 27,328 times. That led them to seek out the Ark, which makes sense because they are both in Earth outer space. Which Goldbug ain't too happy about because he left Grimlock's Autobot contingency because Grimlock cray cray T-shirt available by searching Longbox Crusade on tpublic.com. But Fort Max does meet <laughs> Grimlock and things go south quickly due to Grimlock's insecurities about leadership and anger due to finding out about Goldbug's defection to Team Fort Max. That leads to an agreement for Grimlock and Blaster serving as an avatar for Fort Max to fight to the death for the leadership of the Autobots. That is an incredible sentence to write. Go back and listen to that one again, folks. Guess who finds out about this whole thing? Well, Decepticons. You're (laughs) seeing how all this comes together, right? All of the Ark Autobots and most of the Fort Max Autobots converge on a crater on the moon of which Blaster and Grimlock begin their fight to the death. This fight causes them to be thrown far from the original group of combined Autobots, which is of course when the Decepticons ambush all of the Autobots. Lots happens here, but let's leave it at that. And would you know it, Blaster and Grimlock eventually realize a bigger battle is taking place and the two of them combined are enough to propel the Decepticon advance into a retreat. With Buster Witwick, he's still a captive, by the way. But during the moments of the big battle when all looked lost, Fortress Maximus orders Goldbug and the skeleton crew left aboard his ship to take off for the one place Fort Max knows has the technology to resurrect the one true leader of the Autobots, which is Optimus Prime, Nebulos. Very nice, David. That was That was a... First rate summary. I commend you. Your best
0: summary yet.
1: Thank you very much. Everybody, let's talk about the book on Transformers Chronicles. You know how we do it. Goods, bads, everything in between. Just a big old discussion. We're going to start with John. John, what what do you want to talk about?
2: All right. I'm going to fold a good in with a bad. And that's just the artwork on this. Uh, First with the goods on this, um, Jose Delbo came to work (laughs) in this issue i mean i think it was something like 160 separate characters he has to draw on here wow which he does distinctly and does not skimp on in any place that you could notice he manages to throw in a lot of iconic ones um doing cool things he throws in a ton that we haven't seen in months and months we got sunstreaker for god's sake we haven't seen since issue 10 we get brawn in there just in time to get blown up by swindle uh sound waves taking out people i mean it's just a joy it's all of your toys it's amazing uh, which brings me to the bad on this, and I know I harp on this a lot, but in this case, I think it really, really qualifies, and it's very, it's egregious to me. In this one, a lot of the shade, of the shading things, really, really get in the way of the storytelling. And I can understand there were a lot of things of robots th- to have to color in on this, but on the other hand, Jose, as we said, did not. Skimp in any way, went above and beyond in all the things, and in an issue like this, where it's pretty much guaranteed, unless your favorite robot ro- is Skylink's, um, that your favorite is in this one. But in a lot of cases, you wouldn't know because it's in the background, um, coming off of the ship, and all you can see is Fortress Maximus and Goldbug, and then a bunch of gray robots. And in some of the cases, like the uh, splash page which would be an iconic poster-worthy fight where uh, Omega Supreme is in the background shooting forward. You can see uh, it's content page 20. It's, it's uh, the showdown between my man Cosmos and uh, Razor Claw transforming Adam. There is so much going on in here, and it's just wasted because the overwhelming majority of them are just colored uh, gray-blue. And now... Did that ruin this for me? Well, you wait till you see what I read it. But I have spoiler alert: not really. But it was a time that reading it this time, especially that it's, I was just really disappointed on this. Now. I, I must also point out that I've been thinking about this all day. And because I was thinking about this all day, uh, I looked up Nelly Amtav just to check and see, you know, whether or not he was some sort of secret martial arts master who was known for <laughs> vindictive action over people who would, you know, sneak into libraries and things. And I found out that the man, um, is also a writer uh, known for children's books. And I checked, and our library doesn't have any of his children's books, or rather didn't until today. And now uh, we're ordering two of them for him. So he gets royalties for that. So I actually, by my actions today, I'm providing him with money to, to make up karmically for this, because I do feel bad. I couldn't color these things in with crayons and stay within the lines on this. Basically, from now on, anytime it does that, I'll just say, See my rant on issue 42 or 41.
1: I do get what you're saying mm-hmm. Um, in that it's possible that uh, Nell just said, you know what? Mm-mm. These aren't even the primary robots in this picture. Okay. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, take a little bit of a shortcut, gray them out mm-hmm. because they're not as important anyway. I do like your take on saying just it's kind of uh, something that we say here on the network a lot of times about everything is someone's favorite that's what you're talking about here. Like every there's some transform in the background that someone may have just lit up. They had, had they gotten that extra color treatment. So I got what you're saying. Uh, let's go to Pat, Pat, you can riff off of that or go off in any direction you please, sir. Oh, take a little bit of that
3: action that's going on here. And this is really, this is some good hot bot on bot action that's going on here. You know, there's a lot of fighting. I wasn't expecting. I was like, whoa, there's a lot of action between the Autobots, the Decepticons that's happening in the drawing, like John mentioned, is they're detailed. They're just not colored. But to me, I, I don't think it bothered my eye that much at all, because I think what the artists and the colorists were doing were probably, you know, making sure they were spotlighting the what they wanted to in those panels mm-hmm. and plus with all that to be done, they probably had a deadline they had to get to. So, um, it was like, Hey, if you can draw them detailed, nice, we'll just kind of color them in and people can pick to as you want and any good kid, what they would normally do is go ahead and take their crayons out or their markers and go back in and color that in personally for what they wanted to do. So, you know, I would do that with my comics, just, to make sure i could feel like i was a part of it i
1: (laughs) I could
2: just hear people shrieking
1: (laughs) no i wouldn't do that i was about to say if you did that i was like that's something that i could see as a kid maybe doing like me as an adult like "Mm -hmm, no. (laughs) No, No. no, no, no
3: you probably could you could see a kid you know you've gotten stuff where they're uh you know old back issues that have somewhat of the address filled out or you know even like when they had the ads mm-hmm. and you could color them in and things like that. So that that makes it kind of timely and you know, it worn in that somebody was actually loving that comic book for what it is. Mm-hmm. But man, just the action in this. Oh yeah. Man, it, it I was unprepared for it. And you know, the cover shows you kind of what's happening, but I didn't think it was
1: really going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was I mean, before we even got to the conflict between the Autobots and the Decepticons, which was plenty of conflict, there was also conflict. Confl- yeah, yeah, with Autobots versus Autobots. Of where it's like, man, some of this is contentious. Like it was about a year ago or so that Goldbug and Blaster both decided, mm, yeah, we don't like this uh, uh, this Grimlock thing. I think we're gonna strike out on our own and so finally Goldbug has to come back face to face with that and he was not too excited about it <laughs> at all uh, right. so that, that's one conflict uh, one more conflict would be that you had Grimlock who was just completely off the rails It's like oh why should I go back and protect these dumb humans and then yeah. Fort Max is like well the guy who's controlling this robots a human and then Grimlock's like what well, you got to be cray-cray. Only right. I'm that cray-cray. So that was that was conflict. And then Grimlock had his own insecurities. Like, uh, there can't be another Autobot faction. I'm, I'm the Autobot leader. Me, me. I have not gotten to Maggie yet. Uh, Maggie, um, I could talk for a while because this was a great book. But what what do you have to say about
0: it? Uh, I think this the first thing I want to share. is This is the first time that I, I read through the issue. And then when I was done, I immediately went back to the first page and read it through all, again. And I actually, the, the second time reading through, it was smoother. It was like my eyes already kind of knew where to go. And I caught things that I hadn't caught the first time through it. And I was like, I should do this every time. Why didn't I do this all the time? Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is the first time that I finished. and I was like, that was a really cool issue. There was so much going on. Um, so much information and a lot of really good action that I, I wanted to make sure that I I caught as much of it as I could. So I went back and I read it twice.
1: So give me something that stuck out to you, um, especially upon reading it the second time. What was something that you picked up?
0: Well, in one case, a literal word bubble that I had missed. So that was helpful (laughs) because I had not seen it. I was too busy focusing on the art. Uh, Something that really stood out the second time I read through it. It was more just like I was able to follow the dialogue a lot more easily. And I I had a better handle on who was already in the book, which was helpful because there are so many characters that the overall experience of reading it the second time through was just was much more pleasant. And I got a lot more out of it. And I really enjoyed it.
1: Gotcha. Uh, Round two. John, you're up.
2: Isn't it a little odd that the Autobots still have this law on the books? It's like, you know, you hear about our blue laws and it's just like, oh, you need a permit to take a bath in Boston because they never (laughs) took that law. And it's like, hey, those wacky Transformers, those Autobots forgot to take their duel to the death for leadership rule off the books. So... It just seems that that would have been the kind of rule, especially with the war going on, and they're the peace-loving Autobots, that it's like they wouldn't want to have a situation in which the loser would be dead and you wouldn't have that warrior anymore.
1: Well, it's possible that they just, over four million years of war, that they just, it just kind of got lost in the shop.
2: I'm I'm pretty sure that it wasn't a priority.
1: (laughs) Right. What I liked about the rule is it seems like it would be something that Grimlock and the Dinobot absolutely right. would remember was a rule. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And like because they were the only ones that were like truly happy about this event going on. Fort Max didn't really want to get into the fight, and then even Goldbug realized that Fort Max was not going to be in good shape because he had just gotten a missile shot through his freaking chest cavity even then probably and and still hadn't recovered from that so a a lot of action uh, centered around something that doesn't seem to be autobot but very much so seems to be dinobot and something that they would want to continue as a tradition so i found that very interesting this issue fulfills a lot of things that have been
2: going on for a lot of months i like the callbacks and this is a
3: great time in comic book history where editors would go in and put their editor notes, see, yeah. you know, issue number 36, see issue number 28, see issue number 34. I like that just in one page alone, you have three references on content page nine of what things were and, and what was happening. You know, when we do see Blaster again and him surrendering with the kids and all those references, the... Culmination. It was exciting right. to see, and it made me remind me. Oh yeah, that's when that happened. Oh, I means like twenty eight. Wow, forty one now.
2: Boy, that was a long time ago. But it didn't really feel like it for me. It's been building up to a narrative about you know a, a crisis of leadership. it's spent a lot of time. It spent a lot of time setting up Blaster as the guy, mm-hmm. and then it spent enough time setting up Fortress Maximus as an option. But then they show up here, and then the answer is, no, none of us are good enough. We need Optimus Prime back, which, you know, we can all agree with, but it could be something I'd love to ask Bob. It's like, at what point did they um, know that he was going to be bringing Optimus Prime back to the comic? Because it, I wonder if he was planning initially, you know, without knowing that, that he was just going to have Blaster, you know, be the leader, that he was going to set up a Mm, conflict between the two, and then Blaster would be the leader for a while. Yeah, Because it's, I mean, I have no problems with how it goes, especially because hey, you know, spoiler alert, we get Prime back next issue. Um, It tells us that at the end of this, so it's not much of a spoiler. But I I think it would have been interesting in the alternate universe to see how Blaster would have led the team for a little while.
1: I definitely agree with that. I think Blaster at least got a little bit of redemption. Like, you know, if I personally were to rate like the um, the level of potential leaders, uh, <laughs> Blaster, like, I could interchange. Blaster could be number one some days for Max could be number one some days because he was he adds some smarts. Grimlock would be dead last.
2: <laughs> hey, even Prowl, Prowl here, who is used to be the number two guy, shows up. He's the only guy who tries to take command. When the Decepticons arrive, and everything just collapses completely, so maybe they do need Optimus Prime. The Grimlock seems to have gotten them into such a state that they've completely forgotten what to do when Decepticons attack. They're oh, so busy yeah. fighting amongst themselves that they've uh, forget who their enemies are. It's, it's a great message and metaphor thrown onto onto the page. Did I mentioned I like this issue.
1: You you did, and Maggie what do you think like so like this book was in part about leadership Mm -hmm. and like fortress maximus was the one that said hey like i am going to send my ship and we are going to get optimus prime back like do you think that was necessary do you think that one of the other three autobots were good enough to lead the team long term
0: i think so i don't have any problem whatsoever with the plot to go and get optimus a body from Nebulos instead of cybertron for some reason um But I also don't see why Blaster or Fort Max couldn't be a leader. They both have leadership qualities. So it seems more like just like a a plot decision rather than something that I, I fully agree with because I could see it going a number of different ways and being legitimate and interesting and entertaining in all manner of ways.
3: Yeah. Pat, what do you think? kind of agree with that that it you know either one of them could be except for you know grimlock obviously not but
0: (laughs) he's just too unstable
3: (laughs) yeah i mean yeah he's like the way out there but then you have with blaster i think he's a little hothead you know obviously he gets Mm -hmm. a little bit mad so he Mm -hmm. is unable to con you know kind of control his attitudes where he's like, okay, well, just let me at him then. This the, You don't want to be, he even tells Goldbug, you don't want to be around me. I'm going to, you know, I'll take him out and do whatever. So it's like, yeah, you know, you got to have a level head on yourself on that. And Fortress Maximus, I don't think he's smart, but I think with the headmaster in him, you got that angle that kind of takes away some of the smartness. You have a, you know, it's not the full Fort Maximus that it was before, you have this taintedness of human in him now. Hmm. And we're all humans are born to make mistakes where nobody's perfect.
1: John, do you have anything you want to add to
2: that? Oh, even with that, um, because now I'm I'm like debating whether or not, um, the combined spike cerebros Fort max is like superior or inferior to like, OG. And that's its own thing. But, but that aside, I think Pat's right. There is that aspect, uh, a lot of the earth or Earth the regular Earth Autobots might have a bit of a problem taking orders from a human. The nebulous ones had time to get used to the idea, yeah and were now had this been buster again if if again that was the original plan mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this was Buster, then that actually would have made that even better because to have Buster as Fort Max looking around at this fight and realizing how everything had gone and going. All right, no, none of these people can leave. We need Optimus Prime and and sending it off because it is a little weird that Spike Witwicky, who doesn't know Optimus Prime from Gears, um, takes Bumblebee at his word. Bumblebee, who he's just met and has only been a robot again for like a few minutes, you know, before he ran off and did his thing, that um, he takes him at his word and and decides that yes, I guess he must be as good as he says. Let's go. It still works and. Whatever they want to do, I mean, Optimus Prime was coming back, and and if the option is either we bring back Optimus Prime or we don't bring back Optimus Prime, I know what everyone's going to want. The cartoon had brought him back a long time before this, literally two months later, I think. According to that one, uh, yeah,
1: you know, I saw that. And I, I felt it felt like, like years that they kept not sure the time not later. as long as this felt. I want to add one more person to the mix. Uh, and that'd be Goldbug. They never mentioned him as a leader, but mm-hmm. he did an excellent job convincing Blaster to do the right thing and stand up to Grimlock because Blaster mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. ticked off that he had been chained up and pretty much just left to sit there and rot and suffer. And he's like, "I ah, screw all these people. And Buster's like, well, not only like do you still have a chance to lead us and be a leader, but screw Grimlock, right?
0: <laughs> good.
1: that's all he had don't, to say right yeah aren't that, you I, mad at? aren't you mad don't you want to fight him and bust and yeah. blaster was like oh yeah i do i do <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, right, right. I, I do want to fight him i just i thought that was an excellent swerve to where um fort max fighting grimlock okay that would have been one thing but like to take blaster and continue his arc and allow him to have opportunity to face off against grimlock the person who he hated and had to abandon. That was that was primo storytelling, I think. We've gone two rounds. Everyone's gotten I gotten their say, but there's there's a lot more we can talk about on this book. Uh yeah. what I'll do mm-hmm. is at least go around and ask everybody is there anything like any particular topic that they want to add or discuss? I'll start with Pat. Pat, is there anything else that you had in your notes that you want to talk about?
3: Oh, I think we kind of went over it all, just about. The only other thing, the other side to look at was the Decepticon side, uh, what was going on there. I'm like, rap bat. How can you let Buster just kind of hang out with everybody? I love that. (laughs) And then he starts putting the team. Yeah, you go Autobots. looks like the Decepticons are getting their butt whooped now. What do you think about that, Ratbat? Ratbat could have just swung a wing or a leg and just knocked him (laughs) off at the plate. Come on.
0: squished him like a bug. Yeah. That's actually one of the things I noticed on my second reread, going back to Dolvin's question. Now I have an answer for it, Uh, was in that scene with Ratbat he picks him up and then drops him in the background uh-huh. and you can see him fall right on his butt. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind right. of right oh behind
2: soundwave when he's just yeah. kind of lounging in the chair I love that.
0: He's <laughs> being like, sassy and rat Bat's like no. <laughs> Don't yeah. be sassy. But do he doesn't do like,
3: it again when he's when they're watching the battle
1: it's like come yeah.
3: on just knock him again you know put him in his place. <sighs>
1: He, he did. Uh, like Buster is getting a little bit lippy, uh, being uh, a got to say he's a prisoner of war, basically, because that's what he is. Uh, but at, at least he hasn't gone Stockholm Syndrome. He knows exactly which side it is that he's rooting for. And he's rooting for uh, the good guys. He's rooting for the Autobots, for sure. Um, it's worth mentioning, at least. And I, I'm, I might mention this. I don't know more than me, C.I., less than me, C.I., you gotta admit, Ratbat had a fantastic plan. He like, "Look, we yeah. got all the Autobots here, and they don't know we're coming." So, uh, <laughs> want to do some Decepticon stuff? <laughs> 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 and, and they we did. Got this I mean, brand
2: new flying island with a tentacle. Yep, yeah, got
1: had had the flying island had a mm-hmm. boatload of the Decepticons ready to attack and. They did something that's very, uh, that's worth mentioning at Mm -hmm. least. If you noticed, they took advantage of a completely empty ark, carved it open, and they got back a lot of Decepticon brethren that if, if you remember... A lot of those were lost back in issue 19. One of the names that they highlighted was Starscream.
2: There he is. is. Hook's picking him right up and putting him into uh, Long Haul's Also Frenzy.
0: I got to say, I felt like that was kind of a missed opportunity. They could have just labeled the boxes like Decepticon Prisoner number one, Decepticon Prisoner (laughs) number two. And then as readers, you wouldn't have known which Decepticons were going to be coming back. And it could have been more of a surprise.
2: Oh, they're they're getting all of them.
0: Yeah, see, but I didn't know that. Well, it would have been, been like, kinda, you know, like everything starts blowing up and Ratbat makes everyone come back to the island ship that's exploding. Uh <laughs> maybe they didn't get everybody because they ran well, out of time. I'm just saying.
2: That's true. But that's on Ratchet. You know, he's that organized. He's
1: gotta write <laughs> the names, you know, in human. So you know, he's like, okay, this one. Yeah. And they, they did hint at least that um Another editor's note, defeated and captured by the Autobots in Transformers 19. So if somebody wanted to go look, they could at least look. Yeah. And, That's and a get good callback. It. Yeah. it was a great callback. It was a great callback, for sure. Um, John and or Maggie, do y'all have anything else burning that you wish to discuss?
0: Yes. I just wanted to really quickly highlight my favorite part of the book, which was the fight between Blaster and Grimlock. Mm-hmm. Because it starts with Goldbug doing an, a not-so-very-heroic kind of thing and telling Blaster, don't do it for the Autobots, do it for yourself, get revenge on Grimlock. <laughs> and Blaster's like, yeah, all right. But then the fight, throughout the entire thing, Grimlock is constantly mispronouncing Fort Max's name, <laughs> hilariously. It is so
2: I don't know why that's so funny. I it loved shouldn't it be
0: every single time. Fruit
2: Loop and, Multiplex.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, fruit, yeah, and then it ends with Okie Dokie Blaster. And I just think that the whole arc that Grimlock goes through and the lesson that he learns in that fight, and then it ends with Okie Dokie Blaster. <laughs> I just friggin' loved it. That's kind
2: of funny. I was going to mention that, too, in the midst. And I also, this fight is amazing. It's It's everything you want from a two good guys fight and have to team up at the end to to beat the bad guys because man, the power of friendship charges these two up so yeah. that the presence of two new Autobots right. are able to turn <laughs> the tide because Grimlock kills all of the Stunticons. He just kills them. Menasaur is dead now. Oh. So he's just killing these. <laughs> but
0: Menasaur is dead.
2: now. Yeah. But before that, um, everybody has wanted to see Blaster stick it to uh, Grimlock for months and mm-hmm. they delivered mm-hmm. in a pretty great way. Yeah. I mean, with an explanation that what he was shooting was his electro-scrambler. Every time he uses it,
0: he has to say its name.
2: I think it's part of the...
0: Maybe it's got a command word.
2: It reminded me of Transformers in the, the movie in a way. In that, in the beginning of Transformers, the movie, Grimlock and the rest of the Dinobots, you know, take on Devastator and fight him toe to toe. And and then about halfway through Grimlock, apparently he must have got hit on the head really, really hard during that one. Because after that, he is just um, even more of a moron than he's ever been. And everything is all comic relief. And that's where he stayed. He was never really, like, uh, depicted as a huge threat anymore. He was just the goofy person. That has happened here. It's just suddenly during the midst of the fight he decides, "Oh, okay, me comic relief now." And I love their team up and how they're able to take de- take that out with the electro scrambler can't get through, but Grimlock's some apparently magical awesome sword can. Mm-hmm. We've never seen it be this badass before, but here it is. I'm it's gonna- a Negro sword, I believe it's called. A negro so, sword. Is yeah. that how it's
0: pronounced? I thought it was Enerjo. Yeah, I know.
2: I've heard a Negro before but never made the connection between that word and the word that I always pronounced as Enerjo my entire life until today.
1: Yeah, it might be ener inner energio I don't um, know. Right? Well, you know what? Maybe Herbert Fung. He he, <laughs> he would know. He would know. Either either way, cool energy sword. And yes, uh, I did enjoy that fight too. Uh, Pat, if you wanted to talk about the fight. Oh, yeah, I agree with you
3: guys, too. It was a good fight to see that all happening and then just to see the buddy turn around.
1: Hey, we're buddies now. Let's go. We're going to see a few more degrees of Grimlock over the course of Transformer Chronicles. Grimlock's story is far from over. Uh, And I like that they sort of he, he sort of realized that, yep, Okay. I have not been a good leader. Like, I'm powerful, but I've not been a good leader at all. Um, and I thought Blaster, like, who's kind of a hothead, kind of like, look, like, we both like destroying Decepticons more than we like destroying each other. Let's get back to what, we, what we're what we good at. I, I appreciated that resolution. Who was the best? Who was the best that they were going to be? in issue 41 we do that in a segment called the touch where we spotlight who was the best in the book be it autobot decepticon or human maggie oh no Uh oh (laughs) well good because i think we have the same one so i can pick a different one who had the touch to you maggie
0: so you see there's a lot of options in this one there's a lot of very good options for the touch um who, am I, who would I give the touch to? Um, I kind of want to give it to Ratbat. Right. <laughs> a little part of me wants to Viable give it to Ratbat. Only, purely because throughout that battle, his thing is like, this is going to go down as a great day in like the Annals of Decepticon fuel accounting, we'll <laughs> which was so <laughs> true to his character that it I burst out laughing the first time I read it. I thought that was great. Uh, I mean, and, and he's foiled in the end, obviously, and his his flying squid shaped island spaceship is blowing up around him and falling down around his ears. And he, he just does that the role of like the bad guy who's super confident in his plan. And then it all completely goes pear shaped and he didn't see it coming even a little tiny bit. It was so good.
2: He's learning what it's like to be a Decepticon leader now. Yeah, You know, you wanted to be in charge. This is what happens all the time.
0: So it's a little bit of an oddball choice. I'll admit it, but just because there are so many good choices for the touch, there is a lot of good character moments in the book. Uh, that one with rat bat was one I hadn't mentioned before. So I'll go
1: with Rat Bat. Maggie, I'm with you. I was I think I think Rat Bat had the he stood out the most. I love that with all of the the vast majority of the robots that we know being right about Earth orbit, that like they were all together and they they're like, wait a minute, we got an opportunity to take out all of our all of our enemies right here, one fell swoop. We can ambush them. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I applaud that. I thought that was excellent strategy, excellent action. Like uh, that first ambush took out a quarter of the Autobots. They even mentioned oh, that. So it. Yeah, yeah, it was so efficient. So I, I, I think Ratbat lived up to his purpose. Pat, who had the to touch to you? I think Ratbat's a good
3: choice as well too. But I'll go with combining the three would-be leaders: Grimlock, um, Fort Max, and Blaster, all at the end. Just coming up and going, you know what? That was the right choice to do. We all agree.
1: We're not worthy. We need Prime back. And in their own way, they both, they all had actions that contributed to the success at the end of the day for the Autobots too. John, who had the touch to you?
2: Uh, I am going to give it to uh, Goldbug, actually. Okay. Just for uh, managing to carry around that that floppy disk between his giant robotic fingers <laughs> for the entire issue without it getting cracked or destroyed at any capacity. I don't know if he realized how fragile the thing was.
0: Let's hope he does.
2: Let's hope so he
0: does. Otherwise, it's going to be a very short issue number 42.
2: That and other things, as Delvin um, indicated earlier, he also was instrumental in uh, it- Yeah, but it's Grimlock. You've been wanting to punch that guy. That's a good point, Goldbug. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: do want to punch him.
2: And to Delvin's point earlier, when he was talking about the uh, leadership qualities of Bumblebee Goldbug, if anyone's interested in that, I would direct you over to the sister show, The Rod Pod, where um, it deals with a united uh, Autobots and Decepticons with Bumblebee trying to lead them mild spoiler alert it doesn't go very well for the poor bug but
1: so check that out wherever you found this podcast
2: you'll find that one too by looking a little bit harder
1: please do that and uh, that's not a segue by the way but i'm i'm terribly using it anyway and if we've talked about the touch someone had to be out of touch not Rod. Pot. We talk about the character that was the worst in the book and should get their name mispronounced 713 times. <laughs> <laughs> in the segment called Less than Meets the Eye, uh I'll go first. Why not? Ooh, less than meets the eye in the book? Right? right? Hmm. Yeah, I don't sure. think anyone disappointed. Like, oh, not over the top disappointed to where I'm just like, ooh. No, that was just terrible. I thought Ratbat did a fantastic job. I thought all the Decepticons uh, were uh, integral in their part. Like Grimlock redeemed himself in the book. I actually don't have a choice for Less Than Meets the Eye. Not like I, I can't Fair. think of a great one. Um, but I can pass it around and see what uh, you all think. Pat, what do you think? For, uh, I see what you're going to, so I'm just going to choose Buster.
3: For being less immune to just because just this stupidity of going, you know <laughs> good point. Just being stupid. is like, you know, the, the, you're next to Rat Bat, he's gonna do something to you. <sighs> but then, you know, you could also give it to Rat Bat on the other opposite end of that to go, why don't you hit him and just knock him off? Tell him to shut up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Grimlock had no problem doing that with a Grimlock, Ratchet, which was yeah. also hilarious. Ratchet was like, Is that Optimus Prime? He's here. Shut up, Ratchet. <laughs> 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 like, dang, Ratchet got abused. Anyway, less than meets the eye, John.
2: Oh, uh, let's see. Since you didn't pick one, I'll pick two. Sure. <laughs> sure. All right. Uh, first of all, I got to go with. Uh, My guy, Omega Supreme, who yet again, in a situation in which his function (laughs) applies, he kind of just stands there and narrates what's (laughs) happening to other Autobots. Jetfire,
1: no! I actually agree. I wish I could do something, but no! (laughs) I I agree with that because when I saw Omega Supreme, I'm like, oh, he does exist. Like yeah. where where have you been, you big useless sob? Hey. <laughs> He's
2: like, uh, but my um, my less than meets the eye for reasons which we will all see now that we think about it is actually going to be rat bat, not because he failed his mission. He actually succeeded at a giant part of his mission, which was to rescue the other Decepticons. But the thing is, what I'm giving it to him is for paying much more attention to fuel audit situations than personnel files or um, like uh, maybe employee performance reports, because otherwise they wouldn't have picked Starscream so front and center to go. If you have the opportunity to not rescue Starscream... That's hilarious. You should probably um, not rescue Starscream because, yeah, he's a great, he's a jet, he's fast, but he's not even, he's not anywhere near the only jet anymore. You got like eight jets. I mean, one of them turns into a tank also. Mm -hmm. so You don't even need him. And he's going to betray you at some point this is not uh, this is either a prediction or a spoiler alert but in any case he is going to betray you just don't let starscream into your world now that you're on top of things so rat
1: bat it's for you you had a pretty good day but there's something you don't know john i'm sure that Starscream coming back is not going to have any consequences whatsoever. (laughs) Megatron has
2: fallen! I, Starscream, am now your leader. Decepticons, follow me!
1: Maggie, who is less than meets the eye to you?
0: You know, I kind of think I might follow in your footsteps, Delvin, because that was the one that I was really struggling with. Much like there's a lot of really good options for the touch, I was like, I, I couldn't really think of anyone that stood out for less than meets the eye because everyone has either like an arc or they get something to do except for Omega Supreme. Uh, so it was really hard to to pick anybody out. I, I felt like who really did disappoint me. There wasn't even a moment when I was reading it and thought that was stupid. Like I didn't even get one of those. So um, I don't I don't have a choice for less than meets the eye this time.
1: Personally, I think that's fair. Um, I jokingly had thought of Omega Supreme and and had forgotten about it. And then when John said, I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's always Omega Supreme. You big galoot. How come come you don't do more? Anyway. Oh, oh, nice. There you go. Uh, John, uh, listening audience is showing a um, toy of Starscream replete with his uh, crown that he was given. Uh, or he gave to himself uh, during Transformers he, the movie. He's happy to be back. He's <laughs> he, he he's happy to be back. And and again, I'm I'm sure he's not going to be getting into any trouble anytime within the next oh, 08 or 9 issues. But for now, we must rate Transformers 41, 1 to 10. Y'all know how we do. I don't know. Who, who, wants, who wants to go first? I, I'm always picking. Does, does anyone want to volunteer to tell me what they want to rate Transformers 41? Does anyone want to volunteer? Any hands? Well,
2: at, at the risk of fulfilling that one guy's prophecy who was you know pointing out that that we apparently overrate things, uh, I'm going to give this one a 10. But even with my criticisms of the art, it, that was just a rant about the art. This one As I think we've discussed here, it was the perfect culmination of a lot of plot arcs, and it did it in a satisfactory way. And also, it sets up very nicely what's going to happen next. Um, Plus, it leaves us in a situation where a whole bunch where we're not really sure what's going to happen. I mean, it's it's culminated a bunch of story arcs and set us off into the next one in a great way, probably better than any issue so far has. So, this is a ten. Maggie,
1: what would you rate it?
0: Oh, I'm definitely going to give The Issue a 10. Uh, Reading it, it felt like a finale, almost. Like, it was interesting. It was exciting the whole way through. There were great character moments. There was humor. There was action. uh, There was great art, with minor exception. Like, it was all around the best. Like, I think my favorite one, aside from Car Wash of Doom, that we have read so far. Mm -hmm.
2: i liked car wash and doom oh i love it <laughs> I, we must shock the entire world with that because it's
1: and and, and also it's was car wash oh, doom! Doom. Doom. <laughs> <laughs> that? what would you rate transformers 41
3: well it, you know i when i was reading this i was turning the page i was turning the page as everybody else mentioned, too, the, the character development in here, the callbacks and callbacks and callbacks, the fulfilling what has been told before or foreseen before, the action. Grimlock, the comedy in here was just funny, too. Like Maggie said, that was one, you know, him calling Fort Max just a couple different names and not getting it right was funny. Um, I had to go back and reread did I just? Did he just call him a different? <laughs> it was just all in all, a great book. The art as well was nice as well, too. So if it if I was enjoying myself reading it, then I have to give it a, a high score and give it a 10. I, I'm rating it on the joy that I have in reading it. I really enjoyed this one.
1: I enjoyed it, too, um, to where I had forgotten how much was put in this book. And I would hope that out of the books that Bob Budiansky um, Pinned as an author that he's proud of this one. He should be. This was, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, in the synopses that I've written leading up to this, I just talked about, was like, are we going to talk about this now? It's like, nope, there's still more buildup. Are we talking mm-hmm. about it now? Nope, there's still more buildup and here's the delivery. And and it, it delivered on all counts. But it left a great cliffhanger of where they're saying Optimus Prime is coming back. Mm-hmm. He nailed it. He absolutely, I mean, went up in the air, you know, tried to do this triple tuck twist thing, and he landed and he nailed the dog on dismount. It's a-
2: <laughs> it would have been a great issue, even with less, because it already was hyped up to be the battle between uh, Grimlock and Blaster. However they would have done that, it would have been worth, you know, worth the read most likely. But Bob decides, yeah, anybody could do that. I think I'll just uh, have Jose draw every freaking <laughs> uh, toy that we got in the room here. Just props to Jose again. Th- th- they are really, really gelling at a team as a team by this point point, in telling the story between the, the writing and the art. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like it. Whatever happens from this point on, there will always be this one. And I, I as well as you, I expect he is a little proud of this. If he isn't, I'm going to
1: maybe tell him he should be proud. Of he should be. You should take a bow on this one. I got to give it back to you, John, because you're about to talk about Transformer Spotlight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where John discusses a particular Transformer, which was featured in today's issue, All Yours,
2: John. You know, the thing that was terrible is I didn't have very many to choose from. I decided to pick this guy because I actually don't get very many opportunities to talk about him uh, in this series. And we were talking about leaders a little bit before. So no leadership discussion is complete without talking about Hot Rod slash Rodimus Prime, who appears on a couple of pages in this issue in his uh, purple-colored in this series glory. All right, here's what, uh, if you bought the original Hot Rod toy from 1986, uh, here's what the back would say. Uh, His function is cavalier. He is an Autobot, of course. His motto is, my actions speak louder than words. Hot Rod is an all-American boy Autobot. That's what it says, all-American boy, everyone. He is a typical adolescent who dreams of being heroic and important. He tends to not follow rules too closely. Although he means well, Hot Rod's impulsive actions often get him into trouble. He carries two photon lasers that temporarily electromagnet- uh, electromagnetize an enemy robot's uh, micro circuits. His speed is 120 miles per hour, his range is four miles. He can be hot-headed, but he's always a well-meaning, admirable lad and a brave and honorable fighter. Here is his stats, with a giant caveat, which will be explained almost immediately. Um, his strength is ten, his intelligence is ten, his speed is nine, his endurance is ten, his rank is ten. His uh, courage is 7, his firepower is 10, and his skill is 10. Now, some of you might be a bit confused by this, and I think so was Hasbro. Um, uh, But I'm going to just read the back of if you would have happened to have gotten Rodimus Prime as a toy at one point. Experience is the benchmark of maturity A Vanguard for Autobot ranks, possesses acute military prowess, speaks with the savvy of seasoned veteran for some reason. Um, expert tactician with exceptional maneuverability in battle can be hot headed at times has a tendency to act first ask questions later in robot mode he carries a photon eliminator that shoots high voltage electricity Range 500 miles, speed 200 miles. Sole purpose is to protect all life. His only weakness is his compassion for other living creatures. His strength is a 10. His intelligence is a 10. His speed is a 9. His endurance is a 10. His rank is a 10. His courage is a 10. His firepower is 10. His skill is a 10. You might have noticed something similar about those two things. The only difference is Hot Rod's courage goes up from what it was to a 10. Uh, everybody's pretty sure that they accidentally printed Rodimus stats um, onto Hot Rod. Or it's possible that they gave him those stats just to make everybody wonder what was up. But in any case, in 1987, as part when they reprinted it, or redid him as part of the Target Master line, uh, his stats for that toy, uh, his strength was 6, his intelligence is 6, his speed is 6, his endurance is 8. His rank is 5, his courage is 10, his firepower is 7, and his skill is 6. The only problem with that is though, even though his speed is listed as noticeably smaller in both cases, but his speed listing on his card is listed as 300 mile, 30 miles per hour, which is a good 100 miles an hour more than what his other one. So what we can determine from this is that these stats are, from this point on, meaningless. So there may be some uh, months... Where I don't bother to actually come up with the tech spec, you know, strength one to ten, and all of this. But as far as these characters go, everybody knows from Rodimus Prime or Hot Rod Rodimus Prime. In terms of the movie, we don't like. A lot of people don't like him. They blame Hot Rod for for um, Optimus dying. All That's of that me. is um, that I'm is evil. you. Um, I understand. <laughs> I understand people slash Dovin. The thing is, with Optimus Prime, and especially if you watch the third season of the cartoon, which does not hold up as well as it would, as I wish it had, but there are a few um, notable exceptions where they actually um, put some work into their... Usually those were two-part stories. In those alone, you actually get to see a, um, a progression of Rodimus Prime from leader... Who, re- who realizes that there's no way in hell he's going to um, uh, match up to the guy who came previously? To guy who realizes, but that's okay. Just in time for Optimus to come back. So whatever. Um, if you love or hate. Rod, um, Hot Rod Rodimus Prime the IDW Phase 2 books are for you in which he leads a troop of Autobots through space and the guy is about being um, a narcissistic imbecile half the time who actually despite that manages to go through his own character arc and become a actual leader of bots anyway the Hot Rod toy was really cool way cooler than the Rodimus toy had some missiles the car is slick There are a ton of uh, remakes of Hot Rod, including some on the uh, stands right now. Go get one if you want one. That's Hot Rod, folks. And that is time for a commercial break. The Transformers will
0: return after these messages. You are receiving this transmission from The Rod Pod. Upload pending.
2: Stand by for soundtrack transfer.
0: I am Maggie.
2: And I am John.
0: And we are trapped, hurtling through space in a ship shaped like Rodimus's head.
2: The ship, for reasons we haven't been able to determine, contains the entire run of the IDW Transformers Phase 2 comic. Which chronicle the events following the end of the war between the Autobots and Decepticons so we figure we may as well read them all in order and report our findings to you. Stand by. Stand by.
0: Upload complete now.
2: The Rod Pod. Look for us at marriedwcomics.libson.com at iTunes, at Stitcher, or wherever good podcasts can be found.
0: So uh till all or one.
2: Till all or one.
0: Two, four, two,
1: we now return to the Transformers. And that is the show everyone. Uh please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss Transformers issue 42 where we see the return of Optimus Prime. Hell yes. Yeah. If you'd like to hear more from us, the Long Boss Crusade is in a lot of places Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, YouTube. Search Long Boss Crusade. You will find us forthwith. Uh, we do a lot of cool stuff on the YouTube channel. We would appreciate your like and your subscription. Uh, there's a voicemail as well 707 532 5269, 707 532 L Box.
2: Pick up
1: the phone. Excellent. Uh, And stereo. And you can also email us at contact.longboxcrusade.com. John and Maggie, why don't you tell us about your podcast and where, if anywhere, you can be found on the internet. We do MWC Podcast,
2: which stands for all sorts of creative things that Pat comes up with. Married Watching Cartoons, Married with Comics, uh, Married with Comfort TV is a new one. We also do the Rod Pod in terms of... Uh, uh transformers content we haven't figured out a way to mwc that yet despite shag wanting to say megatron wants cybertron but that just doesn't fit the aesthetic uh anyway we do that maggie and i do that with uh john m wilson we cover the idw phase two books in order i bring this up because we're actually going to be starting recording and get some of that content out so be excited folks you can find us on uh Facebook, if you look up uh MWC Podcasts or the Married with Comics podcast, if you want to get a hold of us directly, we're at marriedwcomics at gmail.com. Married
1: watching Cybertron is right there. Yeah, my, I know. You know <laughs> it's right there. So is Married with Cupcakes. Yeah, I know that that's <laughs> what we were thinking of calling it. Mm. Now, now I want a cupcake, and so before you get me or Pat, could you please tell us where you can be found? Well, Delvin, I'm glad
3: you asked. I can be found on the Twitter at Christatos01. Delvin, where can you be
1: found? I can be found on Twitter dee underscore ray one nine seven seven Instagram. If you care to follow me there, Delvin Ray. See y'all next time, and remember, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. to all are one till all,
0: all, Til all are one all are
1: one till Til all, all are one, one.
0: till all are one till all are one all
2: have